Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Six months ago, the province uh, announced a six-month moratorium on renewable energy project approvals in Alberta. Caught everybody off guard. Nobody saw this coming. Nobody was sure why it happened, but the Premier said at the time, uh, the Alberta Utilities Commission needed that time to do an inquiry into a bunch of different things around this, uh, including land use, right? The impact that these projects have on land. Are we are we taking, you know, great agricultural land out of the system by doing this? Do we need to be more careful about where we say yes and where we say no? Um, there was reclamation. What are we going to do once these solar farms or wind farms or whatever the case may be are no longer in operation? Who's responsible for getting rid of them and getting the land back to what it was before? So, okay, fair enough. Um, but the six months are up this week. 29th, I believe, is when the moratorium is supposed to come off. So, so what happens then? I think it still remains to be seen. We'll probably get some news this week. I guess we must, but uh, we'll get some clarity on what will be changing. Uh, it's important. Remember, prior to the moratorium in Alberta, uh, we were leading the country in renewable energy projects. Of the country's renewable energy industry growth, 92% of it was in Alberta at the time. Big projects, big, big money. So, where are we now? Let's find out. We're going to have a conversation with Jordan Dye. Uh, Jordan has done a lot of work on this. He's uh, taken a look at where we were, where we're going, all the rest of it. Um, and it'll be an interesting conversation. Jordan is uh, with the Business Renewable Centre of Canada. Jordan, thank you for being here. I appreciate your time. Oh, thanks for having me on this morning. Okay, so let's go through this. The number cited that I saw in the report as I was getting ready for this is is 92% of renewable growth in Canada was happening in Alberta. That that comes from you, right? This is sort of your assessment of what's happening. Uh, The 92% number actually comes from Canrea, the Canadian Renewables Association. Gotcha, okay. Now, when you take a look at what's happening, you've sort of been examining what's what's going on with the energy industry, not only in Alberta, but in, in Canada. So prior to this moratorium, give us your assessment of where we were when it comes to renewables in Alberta. Yeah, prior to the moratorium, we'd been leading for at least two years in development of renewables, 92% last year, but 70% the year before of development was done in Alberta. This was the location to build renewable energy projects in Canada. Okay, so in terms of how many projects, I mean, how do we quantify that? We say a lot was really busy, a lot was going on. Can we put a dollar figure on it? Can we put an energy figure on it? I mean, how do we quantify this? Yeah, so when we look at the projects between 2019 and 2023, it represents about $5.5 billion in direct capital investment in the province and about 5,900 jobs at peak construction. Okay, and you've sort of mapped this out, where it's happening, what's going on, and, and, and where the growth is, right? Yes, uh, so we've actually, because there's a couple different ways uh, from where projects are being built, but uh, the new analysis that we've done over the last few months in response to the moratorium looks at the municipal tax payments that are flowing to Alberta, Alberta municipalities from these projects. It's nice to talk about the jobs and, you know, the capital investment, but we really wanted to get at how is this impacting and changing local Albertans' lives. Okay, so what do you, uh, when you take a look at what's, I, I guess, 
at risk we, we could talk about, or at least up in the air, in, uh, questionable given the moratorium and what might look like next month. What, what are you looking at? What do you see? Yeah, so and that's the analysis that we did. We looked at uh, all the projects that are currently in the connection queue. So these are projects that have been put forward to be developed over the next few years okay. and what that would mean to municipalities. And we found that there's potential for, on the conservative side, $277 million in annual tax payments going to 33 Alberta municipalities by 2028. Okay. So we're looking at, it was 13 last year, but next year, these projects could see another 20 municipalities brought online, right? Um, by 2028, yeah. So it usually, you know, uh, takes about a year to get through the regulatory process and then a year, year and a half for construction. So when we looked out at the analysis, we figured 2028 is the year where you see these projects online and making those payments. How do you come up with what it's worth in terms of tax? Just give us the, the equation, the formula. Like, how do you come up with a dollar figure around these projects? Yeah. Uh, so for the projects that are already online and like our, our analysis in the fall, we looked at current payments that are $28 million. It's simply looking at the project's assessed value and then the mill rate for that county. Okay. So there is some assumptions in this work, uh, but they're actually on the conservative side because we're using current mill rates and then an average of project uh, assessment value, both of which typically rise as time go on. Makes sense. Makes sense. Now, do we need to put some qualifiers in here, Jordan? Because as we all know, not every Every project that is proposed or planned or presented necessarily gets completed, right? Even without this moratorium. No, 100%, and that's a, a great thing to bring up. So not all projects that are currently on this list will be built at the end of the day, but not all projects that are built are currently on the list. So there is some some sure. changeover. But just to give you a sense, before the moratorium, we would see one to five project cancellations within a three-month period. Since the moratorium, we've seen that skyrocket to 30, uh, 33 cancellations in the first quarter report and another double-digit cancellations in February's report. So when we're looking at how many of these projects come on, there's actually very little turnover in the the projects before the moratorium. Interesting. Okay. So, I mean, like I say, we we don't really know exactly what um, the lifting of the moratorium is going to mean. We we, we don't know. What do you, uh, is there any way to sort of take a look and say, let's hope for this. Let's hope this doesn't happen. I mean, what are you watching for with, I'm assuming it'll be sometime this week, but we haven't really heard anything. Yeah, so there's a lot of things up for grabs right now. The government's looking at quite a few areas. So mapping out a specific what could happen has been really challenging. One of the examples I like to give is on reclamation and how this could impact projects. So there's two ways that you can look at reclamation. If it's an upfront cost, it becomes a, a capital cost. You have to have that money to do the project. That significantly impacts project likelihood and would have a drastic impact on the amount of projects that go forward. Right. If reclamation costs are treated as an operating cost, meaning they're paid out as the project's actually making money, that has much less of an impact on project viability. So that's just one example yeah. of, on one aspect of how we have a big range here from could be a minor impact to could be a major impact and well and we'll just have to wait and see where it goes there's no question exactly Jordan, and that's what we wanted to do with this analysis yep. was not say that you know we're going to lose 277 million dollars that wasn't the, the point of this the point was to really show how broad the uh impacts are going to be and then once we get to see what the government is proposing we can then take a look quickly at what uh where what regions this is going to affect yeah, and, and, and again, it's all just sort of wait and see, but now we got some data to work on before it starts. Some really interesting stuff, Jordan. Thanks so much for sharing it with us. 
Oh, thanks for having me on this morning.